And he warned the Gentiles, if you take part in this, you're under the law. But, whether you do or don't, live under Christ. And recognize that Christ has set you free. Christ has made you free from that burden. He has lifted the burden off you. And that could be an entire sermon right there. <coughs> but then you get to that last verse. Right there, that fifth, verse 15 says, But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. Guys, that's what's going on in the churches today. That's what was going on in the churches there. Is they were fighting over these things, right? They were arguing with each other. They were nitpicking over little things that really had no bearing on the overall picture of the gospel of Christ. And see, when you stand against each other, even in the little things, you're tearing each other apart. You're hurting each other. You're stifling the growth of the church. You're stopping the church from growing beyond where it's at. Sometimes we've seen churches split over those things. Something as simple as this, amen or amen. Churches have split over that. We have so many denominations today that make no sense. It's like, why do we have Baptists and Methodists and First Baptists and Second Baptists and Free Will Baptists and Independent Baptists? Why are there so many Baptists? Why are there Methodists and United Methodists and different kinds of Methodists? Why are there so many holiness churches, whether it's Nazarene or Pentecostal or First Pentecostal or Apostolics or... Why is it that every non-denominational church you go into is Baptist? <coughs> they really are. People who got tired of the Baptist convention and decided we'll make our own church. Why? Because of little things. The devil works on little things. He really does. He can separate churches with little things. But when you look at the bare bones of every single one of those churches, Chris was watching a video on this yesterday while me and Lily was out. <clears throat> you look at the bare bones of every single church denomination, we all rest on the same creed. How many of you have ever heard of the Nicene Creed? Or the Apostles' Creed? You know it's in your hymnal? Spells out what our basic beliefs are. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Virgin Birth, the Crucifixion, the Resurrection, and there's a little bit of list of more of that. I think there's about nine basic beliefs. Every single church, whether you're Apostolic, Episcopalian, Anglican, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, they all follow that creed. Every single one of them. If we can get past the little things, we can all recognize that we're one bride in Christ though we're many parts of the same body. The hands, the feet, the legs, the head, they all have their own purpose. It's not for one to tell the other one that it's wrong. What does the ear know about smell, right? So why should the ear tell the nose what to do? We're all part of the same body. So don't stifle the spirit. 
I believe that's First Thessalonians 5.17 or 5.16. Somewhere in there. It's in chapter 5, First Thessalonians. Don't stifle the Spirit. And it's such a simple, simple request from Paul there. But as we move on, we see, and Paul is wanting to point this out to them, and I think he's pointing it out to the church in America too, and the church all around the world, is that these battles are really between flesh and spirit. They're really battles between the spirit of the body of Christ and the flesh that we still have keeping us in this world. And so he breaks it down for us, what's flesh and what's spirit. And he carries this through here and he says, I say in verse 16, I say then, walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Those three verses Paul's telling us that the real battles we face in the church are between flesh and spirit. And that if we are truly focused on the will of the spirit, y'all, we're... When, when we identify ourselves as a church in the Nazarene, we're identifying ourselves as a holiness church, a church that relies on the movement of the Spirit. And so if you're really truly focused on the Spirit, you can get rid of the desires of the flesh. Because the Spirit's going to lead you in the right direction. The Spirit's going to take you on a path that you didn't plan for yourself. One that you don't realize that you need to walk down. And you're going to find out that flesh is going to get torn away more and more. And boy, is it going to hurt. <laughs> Anybody who says Christianity is easy is a liar. Christianity is hard. It's hard work and it's a hard road. That's why it's narrow. Because believe it or not, that narrow road is on a cliff. And on either side are steep banks that if you fall off, you're going to feel it. And it's going to be hard to get back on that narrow road. And sometimes it's going to be scary and very, very narrow and very, very difficult to navigate. That's where you really, truly have to trust in God and really truly follow the Spirit. Because just when you think you can't cross that path, He's going to show you another one that gets around it. And you'd be amazed if you're really paying attention at how much the Spirit leads you. And Paul wants to talk to us and he tells us first he warns us what the works of the flesh are. In this scripture, he tells us what we should watch out for. Because, let's be honest, you really can't get where you're going if you don't know the hazards you're facing, right? And so he tells us, starting in verse 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious. <laughs> Guys, they're obvious. That means they're right in front of you. You can't miss them. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, 
carousing in anything similar, I'm warning you about these things, as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is a long, long list. But what does it sound like? Everything going on around you in the world. Everything the world is trying to tell you right now is good and acceptable. Just, just accept it. Just tolerate it. Just be okay with it. Just, just do what they ask and avoid the struggle. Right? That's, that's what the entire list is. Turn a blind eye to the outburst of anger. It'd be okay. They're just venting. No, it's a fleshy desire, that outburst of anger. Turn a blind eye to the sexual immoralities that's going on in the world. Don't worry about it. That's just who they are. They were born that way, right? No, it's a fleshy desire. It's a misunderstanding of love. The, the moral impurities. Think about that. Who's trying to go to libraries to teach to children now? That is a moral impurity. We have people trying to say it's okay to be a sexual predator. That's just who they are now. That is a moral impurity. When you can look at that and go, that's okay, you have reached a level of insanity I will not understand. promiscuity. That's a big word. It can go right in the, hand in hand with, adult, uh, with adultery. It can go right hand in hand with just being loose. Uh, prostitution can fall into that. So many things can fall into that. That's why the Bible teaches one man and one woman for life. And that can be a hard, hard thing to do sometimes. Because believe it or not, that's going to be the person you butt heads with the most. <laughs> it really, really is. Sometimes you're not with the person you were supposed to be with, though, right? So God has to step in and <coughs> changes have to be made. Don't mistake those kind of changes for promiscuity. Sometimes it just needs to be done. Idolatry, sorcery, and hatreds, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions. Dissensions and factions. Those are two words I want to talk about. Dissensions and factions. Dissensions. Are you tired of the status quo? In a, in a, especially in the church. And you start to, well, I'm going to take this, this section over here and I'm going to start something new. See, dissensions lead into factions. Factions is the breaking apart. That's why we have so many denominations now, because of factions. You see, it's strange we talk about the Reformation 
and all everybody focuses on is, oh, splitting away from the Catholic Church. Why is it called Reformation if it's splitting away? See, the primary goal was actually to reform the church. Was to create not a new church to the side, but to take the church you had and bring it back to its core. That was the goal. They recognized that the papacy at the time had gained too much power, that the bishops had too much power, that they had too much control over everything, and they wanted to bring them back to biblical truth. Well, those with power tend to hunt down those without it, and that's why there was a split of the church at the time. It's a little little crazy and the amount of history that goes into that but that's why we look at around and we see so many split denominations we're in a unique position where we're in a church that actually joined three denominations together in the beginning and have invited others in over the course of time I think it's a total of five or six churches now that come in but the original church formed by Phineas Brzee that met in Pilate, Texas was three churches. It was the uh, faction off of the United Methodist Church. It was the Northern Pentecostal Church and the Southern Pentecostal Church. And the strangest part about it is Phineas Brzee was an abolitionist. And he liked the Northern Pentecostal Church because they were abolitionists. The Southern Pentecostal Church was pro-slavery. And that's why they had split to begin with. He brought those back together. It's amazing when you really read the story of the Church of the Nazarene. That it was two nemesis churches against each other had completely different ideologies and he brought them back together. It'd be like the Free Will Baptist and Southern Baptist getting back together. We don't see that going to happen anytime soon. Because believe it or not, it's the same thing that separated those two. With the belief over slavery. Free Will Baptists were abolitionists. And the Southern Baptists were not. little things that shouldn't even have a part in church doctrine that you shouldn't even be considering as part of your church doctrine or what split those churches don't let the little things get a foothold in your church don't let the little things get a foothold where you're at if you have minor differences talk them out and remember what your big likeness is Christ died for us that is our big likeness Christ died for us and Paul made it a point to point out every single one of these things because every single one of these things could tear a church apart but there's some things that hold a church together and show the spirit that's what we're getting into next is some of our favorite verses. We love to preach on these verses, right? We love to hear preaching on these verses. Starting in verse 22. 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. There is not a law in the world that is against these things. There are laws against Christianity. There are laws against going to church. There are laws against singing. There are laws against chewing gum on the sidewalk. But not a single law in this world are against these things. And these are things we can practice and be in the Spirit no matter where we're at. So you have to ask yourself when you're in a conversation with somebody and you don't agree with them, is the argument I'm about to have over one of these things? It's not. It's probably not worth having. Am I trying to bring this person love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control? If not, I ain't worth having that argument. Right? Are my intentions focused on the flesh or the spirit? Because if it's not on the spirit, then I don't need to have that argument. Maybe I just need to agree to disagree and walk away. Sometimes that can be the best thing because once you do that, and you're like, you know what? Either let's talk about it peacefully or let's forget it altogether. You introduce peace into the conversation. You introduce self-control into the conversation because you stopped that outburst of anger that you know was welling up inside you. Spirit will kill the flesh if you let it. It will defeat the flesh if you let it. It will take care of it if you let it. Don't stifle that spirit. They're free in Christ. And I would be a mess if I didn't finish up with the last few verses here. In verse 24 it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. Live for Christ in yourself. Don't envy each other. Don't provoke each other into argument. And don't become so conceited that you think that you're right all the time. Sometimes I hate to tell you that you're wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes. <laughs> Even Chris is wrong.
Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Always Jesus first. Then be humble enough to take care of those around you. More often than not, you'll find that you have already been taken care of because somebody else is following that same model with you. Mm -hmm. I've seen a a picture one time of a hall filled with balloons, and I hope that the story is true. I don't know if it is or not, but it does paint a beautiful picture. The teacher took and every student in the class put their name on a single balloon and just throw them all out in the hallway. And told the students, go find your balloon. And they searched and searched and searched and couldn't find their own balloons. Took them forever and they couldn't find their own balloons. She finally said, all right, everybody stop. Grab the first balloon you see and hand it to the person it belongs to. And in a matter of minutes, everybody was holding their own balloon. Because it took a second to help out their neighbor. They were no longer concerned with their own balloon, but rather taking care of everybody else's that was around them. And before they knew it, they were handed their own. Live free in Christ, knowing that the Spirit will guide you. And always keep Jesus first in everything you do. Then help your neighbor, others second. And then take care of yourself. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you've given us. Thank you for the simple message that you presented before us, Lord. I ask that everyone here would hear your words, not mine, Lord, so that they can keep your words on their heart and follow the Scripture according to you and what you say it is, and they can trust the Spirit, Lord. I ask that you touch the hearts and minds of everybody here to carry that message out into the world around them and put it to practice, Lord, that they can tear away the desires of the flesh by giving in to the Spirit, Lord. And that they can recognize that there's a battle going on throughout them and the church and everywhere around them between the Spirit and the flesh, Lord, and that they can recognize which is which so they can give in to those desires of the Spirit. I ask that you touch each and every heart here to give in to you, Lord, and to trust you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.